Welcome back to Travolta, covering a love song for Bobby Long. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Jeff. Ooh, it's a love song, baby. A love song for Bobby Long. Did you make that up on the spot? I know I'm good like that. You really make that up on the spot? Yeah, just really just whip that one out. There really isn't a love song for Bobby Long in yeah, this movie. There, the, the twist of this movie is you think that there's going to be a song in it that is a love song for Bobby Long. That is called <clears throat> a love song for Bobby Long. The twist is the title is an adjective describing a t- another song that, that is, is itself a, a love, love song, song for, for Bobby, Bobby Long. Long. What's the name of that song? Uh, Love is a... Oh, my God. Love is a Traveler or something? Yeah, it's um oh I'm 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 bad. I'm coming unprepared. Oh shit, Jeff. Oh, uh, the heart is a lonely hunter. The heart, the heart is a, the heart is a lonely hunter. Cross reference notes. Okay. Named after a Carson McCullers uh novel. Well, okay. Um so yeah. Uh hi everybody. Hi, the, the, well, uh, welcome well, to Travolting. <laughs> welcome. Uh thank you folks for listening last week to our episode on the Punisher. We're cover Yes. Our Punisher was last you week. You got punished last week, folks. You got punished. I thought that was a great episode. No, it was. I'm just saying they get punished. Oh, right. Thomas Jane is coming to their house Thomas as we Jane. speak. <laughs> he he is vengeance. He is the Punisher. He is the Punisher. <sighs> what a movie. <laughs> what a wild movie that was. And uh what a different movie from the one we're yeah. covering today. Can we talk about that? Yes. Uh, so I think this should bleed right into the context corner because something I wanted to point out, listen, listen, folks, I've been unemployed for a while. <laughs> so I've had a yeah, lot. Yeah, we're, of... ba- we're back to the original inception well, of the Well, you episode. aren't. Yeah. I am. <laughs> when we first started the show, we said, we're two unemployed filmmakers Sorry, I don't Chicago. work a 10-month show that yeah. you know shoots 10 months out of the year. I work a normal-length show that respects mental health. Stuart's over here like, oh, I've been unemployed for something. He's been off for like three weeks. No. <laughs> no. no. Would, you be, would you believe it if it's been more, over a month? That's crazy. October 20th was our last day. That's crazy. Yeah. We've been off for over a month. Yeah. I've worked bits and pieces in between but like nothing big scale mm-hmm. since then uh but yeah i've had a lot of time on off my hands and like i've just been like doing some random travolting research because i the show has broken me this man will text me at like three in the afternoon on a wednesday and be like so i'm watching this john travolta interview from 2002 <laughs> did you watch any of them though uh no because i was at what? work i was at work you're sending me all these links and I'm at work. No excuse. No, so, but like, uh, so I watched like a Travolta Stallone for Staying Alive as like a late night show interview mm-hmm. and they were like bros. Yeah. I love it. It was so cool. I watched a lot of Scientology videos. I oh, watched God. a lot of that. Jeff, did you know level three is when they tell you about Xenu? Uh, level three. Because like, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. it was like you had, you had to wait so long before they reveal their religion to you. Yeah. It's not that it's all in a book and you can well, it's find once it you, out. You fully bought in. And yeah, it, I mean, we talked about Scientology enough. <laughs> a we few have. Weeks ago. Uh, but no, this does bleed into something I did want to ask you when it comes in the context is yeah. John Travolta has really not taken a break. Yes, since like the eighties, mm-hmm. to be honest. Because his, la- his last break was that period after he shot the experts, where he took like four years off and only did basements yeah. the dumb leader. Yeah. So, like, because since then, I, I'm going to say, like, what was the movie after The Experts when he came back? Look Who's Talking, right? Yeah, Look Who's Talking. So, like, that was 89 or 90? Yeah, 89. And the Experts also came out around that time, but that had been filmed like, Right, it had been prior. filmed earlier. But since then, 
like every year after that. I think it's like every year. Maybe we skip one year. Pretty consistently he's in a movie every year. He's in a movie every single year. And I feel like, especially now in the late 90s, because I didn't realize like, you know, Phenomenon, Michael, like a bunch of them in 96, 97 period. He did like three movies in 1997. Yeah. Well, in 2004, this is a year he did like three movies in one year. Because I believe he did, was it Basic or he did The Punisher? He did Ladder Forty Nine and a love song for Bobby Long. Yeah. So he he did he's did he's doing three movies this year. Yeah. So how does that come into like his context? I feel like there are lots of actors where they do like one movie a year and then they take like two three years off, mm-hmm. and then they come back and they do one. Usually, really, I'm thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like usually does a movie like every two three years. Well, it's it's a guy like Leo where they're at a point in their career where they're getting such ridiculous paychecks, and also so much of their money is coming in residuals. Mm. Like Leo's getting a cut of every time. I I bought Titanic on Blu-ray this last week. Leo probably got a small cut of that. Why? Because he he's really good with his contract. No, but I mean, why did you buy a Blu-ray? Oh, oh, Titanic. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> it's so on so many streaming services. But I wanted the Blu-ray. Oh my god! It's right behind me right now. Oh my god! Okay, but you know, someone like that, Travolta is in this weird spot where every I just checked the only times he's missed a year since he came back with Look Who's Talking have been ninety-two. Uh, and like 2011, those are the only years that he's missed. That is crazy to me. I mean, he's yeah. literally doing two, three movies a year. Mm-hmm. I so is it the money? Well, which surely it's not. Around, when he's running at the beginning of his career, he's just on a hot streak. Right, like he's the new thing, so he's you know movie to movie to movie to movie, trying to like just capitalize on that. Sure. After his kind of blowout, where he disappeared for a little bit, um, and then he came back, I. Don't want to say it's because you know you gotta work. When he's, I'm sure movies like Chains of Gold and Shout, Eyes of an Angel aren't paying him big bucks. Like he's not getting like a five million dollar contract for that. So you know he's work, he's working in movies to make money and you know stay afloat and stay keep his name out there. Then after Pulp Fiction, he gets another hot streak. He doesn't want to be back in the dumps again, so he starts capitalizing on that and just movie after movie after movie. He wants to be back. He wants to be big. He wants to be the A-list. That's why we call this the A-list era. Yeah. And then after Battlefield Earth, and as we've been talking about with the movies after this, they've all been clear attempts to try and like wind the clock back to right before Battlefield Earth, where he was on top of the game. Right. We talked about team up with Samuel Jackson and re- Basic. Reteamed with Sam Jackson. Um, did a cameo in Austin Powers with a bunch of A-listers. So there's been more than that, though, right? Oh, yeah. Swordfish. Sword. Well, that was filming right as Battlefield Earth was coming out. Yeah. So we can't really call that like the like a comeback movie. But even like Domestic Disturbance. Domestic Disturbance, which I think we've talked about that. That's like going back to his drama roots, yeah. right? Except it was a $75 million movie that made no money. It had, Makes Vin- it had no... Vince Vaughn as Mike Myers. What Mike costed Myers. $75 million in that movie? Strolls <laughs> his paycheck, probably. Obscene. <laughs> but I mean, more power to him. Know, and, and we talked about last week in The Punisher how that was, to me, the first role that he's done recently where I was just like, this star's starting to wane a little bit. This isn't a this isn't an A list role he's got in this movie. Mm. Um, but we talked about that last week. Yeah, we did. Um, so this, what's this movie? This 
feels to me like an Oscar play. This movie was very specifically released the week before the new year in 2004. Yeah, it's usually. For, for Academy Awards consideration specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the usual thing where it's New York and L.A. for two weeks and then they screen it in yeah. other places in yeah. January. But it uh, it's an Oscar play. He's doing a physical transformation. He's playing a character. He's doing a bit. It's a rede- it's kind of a redemption project for him. Yeah. Uh, to try and bring himself back to that '90s streak, hmm. and it doesn't quite work. Mileage may vary with the movie itself, but as a project for him to try and accomplish that. And maybe we'll talk about the end why it didn't work. Yeah, it doesn't quite work out. Yeah, I mean, because we can tell the audience now, like. It did not win Oscars. Yeah. This did not win Oscars. It only got the only nomination it got was Scarlett Johansson got nominated for a Golden Globe, mm. um, but yeah. Travolta was shut out. Uh, didn't get any noms for anything. I think I think it might. We'll talk about this at the mm. end as well. But like everyone just likes a dogpile on this guy too. Yeah. And the thing about Travolta is every time he's been nominated for an Oscar, it hasn't been in a role that's trying to get nominated for an Oscar. Like his role in this feels like an Oscar role. Yeah, yeah, like, it does. You know, for hundred percent older guy, physical transformation, doing a bit, all yeah, that. absolutely. Whereas, like, you know, Saturday Night Fever, Pulp Fiction, those didn't feel like Oscar movies. Yeah, those felt like original, daring projects from mm-hmm. the seventies and the nineties. Yeah, that he was willing to just like let his guard down. He played an idiot in Pulp Fiction for the hell of it, right? Um, and let himself be kind of a scumbag in Saturday Night Fever, and those were the roles that got him the Oscar, not um, a role that very much is trying to bait for Oscars. So is there any other context to this movie, like how it got made or anything like that? Also, who is this director? Shaney so, Gabble? So Shaney Gabble, uh, she's only directed two movies, this One, and a movie in 1997 called Anthem that I've never heard of. Um, But she co-directed with Kristen Hahn and stars Robert Redford, apparently. Interesting. But that's the only thing she's done. Yeah. Oh, it... The one she did in, in uh, this one, Anthem, it looks like it's more of a documentary. Everyone, It has, like, Robert Redford and all these people appearing as themselves. So this is really her, her first one movie. and only. She, and then she never made another movie after this. Those stories always weird me out. Because mm-hmm. like, we've had this happen before. We, like, we Haven't we had this happen before? We, we've, uh, we've we covered a Travolta movie where there's, like, a director who it's the only movie they've ever done. Yes. Oh, uh, what about uh, Moment by Moment? Oh, um, uh, that was um, what was Lily Tomlin's Lily Tomlin's partner, wife partner, um, who just didn't really want to do another movie. Jane Wagner. Jane Wagner. Cause of so, Shaney Gable does have a LinkedIn that I'm on right now. Oh no! No, I'm just I'm just like trying to figure out she's like what she if she just like this was her one and done movie or if she wanted to do something else. Is she in the industry anymore? Is she it, doing something else? It looks like she is a uh, her last credited th- experience on LinkedIn was the director of programming at the Los Angeles Film Festival in 1997, which is before a love song for Bobby. Yes, well, well so before. clearly she's not updating her LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I think it feels like she kind of just uh, this was her thing, and then either Hollywood's terrible sexism stepped in, and this wasn't a big enough hit to guarantee her another, huh. or the experience wasn't to her liking, and she just kind of moved on to something else. But it looks like, as near as I can tell, she has no other IMDb credits. Well, and then it always goes into how was she hired for this? Yeah, because I mean, 
no disrespect, but it's like if this is you're gonna adapt this from an unpublished book, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you have an, a a star cast, which yeah. that you can't deny. You have a really good cast for this. You got oh, yes. Scarlett Johansson coming right off of Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. You have John Travolta, who yes, Pit of Despair. Yeah, you got a lot of other people. <laughs> you got a lot of other people, but you still got those two mega actors. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm curious how Shaney Gabble was given the mantle on this one. I would guess if she was involved in, you know, that documentary prior and film festival circuits and whatnot, it seems like she's someone who just was like in the Hollywood circle, wanted to make a movie. Don't give me that. Don't give no. me hope. <laughs> I think she's someone who just wanted to make a movie and like probably just built up the credit, built up respect with people. Was really good in the room. Good good at pitching. Yeah. Got herself into this position. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh are there any, is there any other thing we want to talk about before we go into the plot? I mean, this movie, I can't find the budget for it, but it uh, it supposedly had uh, budget issues during production. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, including uh, they had to like fire a bunch of extras because they couldn't afford them and like cut scenes from the movie. Which On the day. On the day, which, as you and I know from working in this industry, is not something you want to do. It's not easy to accomplish. Right. And so I think this movie does kind of feel like maybe some scenes were cut out of it. Oh, there are some scenes that it feels like they were not only cut out, but altered. Yeah. There's some bar scenes where it starts off with background and then when it, and it's all tight shots for conversations. Yeah. There's no wides or anything that show people that it's like they, they got their Like in the first, the whole day was dedicated to like the dance scene. And then the conversation that happens after the dance scene, which there's a lot yeah. in this movie. Right. But it even feels to me like there are scenes where like a character will come in and you think they're going to be in the rest of the movie and they never appear again. And I'm like, was that just a cut plot line? Mm, true, maybe. Like, we'll talk about her, her boyfriend comes back at the end of the movie. Is like, you own the house, and then we never see him again. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Where did he go? Yeah, he did kind of disappear there for a second. Uh, and then there's the sax player and her mom, or yeah. mom's band. Yeah, there's a lot of that that does happen. I mean, are we ready to get into it, Jeff? Yeah, let's just get into it. So, like, I didn't tell you this, Jeff. But I wrote seven pages Holy of notes shit. on this movie. Oh my god! Um, Jesus, we're gonna be here forever. Yeah, I wrote like barely a page. <laughs> How would you like this movie? It was okay. Should we wait all about this to the end and just get to the plot? Me, no, like so. My thing about this movie. Yeah, tell me what your thoughts okay. about this movie are. So uh, this movie's okay. Oh, yeah. I thought it's mostly successful. It's well shot, well directed. Yeah, um, yeah. It accomplishes its goals. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a, a solid fiver, but. a solid five or six. Okay, but where's the but? In its entire inception, I could not help but watch this movie and just think like, this feels like an SNL skit from 2004 when Scarlett Johansson hosted after like getting nominated for an Oscar for Lost in Translation, where it's like you saw her rescue Bill Murray, now see her rescue John Travolta. And it just kind of has that like aesthetic of like this, this. This wasn't an SNL skit that actually happened. No, this is something you imagined yes. would be the case. Like this, this feels like the fake movie that people watch in a real movie. Like when the characters go to like it has the aesthetic and the title of like in some random movie, the characters walk in like yeah, let's go see the love song for Bobby Long. How quickly did you make up your mind about this 
thought uh, four months ago. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's a. I think this is something good to establish. Once for our I realized audience. that this movie was impossible to watch, because for our audience, I had to buy a Blu-ray of this movie. It is then, hard to watch. And yeah. Sent Stuart a digital copy of it. Yeah, this is a very hard movie to watch. I wouldn't say it's erased from history, yeah. but it is like hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why it is because. I'm gonna be honest, Jeff. It's kind of good. I kind of fucking love this movie. Ooh. I kind of really like this movie. Ooh. I kind of gave This is it about to be a spicy episode. Nine and a half out of ten. Whoa. I so I, I think it's just nine and a half. Uh nearly perfect movie. You want the full willy on this one. <laughs> so like this movie has Stuart Elmer written all over it. And you gotta be honest, you watched this and you probably I mean, thought there's no firefighters. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm still. <laughs> our audience doesn't know. Yeah, what, they, they don't what, know about. They that don't yet. know about that yet. <laughs> they haven't been tainted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if any of you are service members in the firefighter uh, corps or any other, you know, uniform profession, maybe stay away from the latter 49 <laughs> episode. For Jeff's sake, uh, I don't want. I don't, 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 don't want to get this. Po- hey, I don't want to get this podcast canceled. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. And about. some of the things you. We, we haven't recorded it yet, so I don't know. But I imagine when we do record that, you may say some cancelable statements. I said nothing of the sort. You may say nothing of the sort, but I think you may do. <laughs> but so, no, I watched this movie and yeah, like I totally got like the Lost in Translation bit. Like I thought, oh, like John Travolta in this movie, who is Bobby Long, is the anti Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. He's the total opposite of who Bill Murray was in Lost in Translation. And but it worked for me. And seeing Scarlett Johansson there doing, uh, I mean, I thought the role that she played was really good. I, I felt like everybody in this movie wasn't a hundred percent fleshed out, mm-hmm. but it wasn't so much about that. It was about their interactions mm-hmm. and how they sort of bonded As together. A community. Yeah, and so I, I. I'm letting Stuart take the wheel on this one. No, I, I just, I, I thought it was very well written. I mm-hmm. thought as well, like the performances were really good. You know, we, we had said before this episode that I have been in a hard spot with John Travolta since Battlefield mm-hmm. Earth because Battlefield Earth is his child. Yeah. Like, like this podcast is your child, Jeff. Battlefield Earth was John Travolta's child. Yes. And it's hard for me to look at that man and think of anything serious anymore. Yeah. This movie kind of helped. You back. This movie brought me back a little bit. Like I'm ready to see John Travolta succeed now. Hell yeah! I really am. Like I'm I wa- so happy for you. I really like, and we'll get into it. But like you know, I he there wasn't a point where I thought that's too John Travolta goofy. You know? Yeah. Like everything he was doing, I kind of bought into, and Johansson's reactions to what he was doing, I bought into, and then his reactions to what she was doing, I bought into. Yeah. Like I just, I thought it was very a very simple movie. Um, that had a lot of its own subtext, close to the surface subtext. I mean, mm-hmm. like she's literally cleaning up the house throughout the duration of the movie, while at the same time cleaning up their lives. Yeah. But I love that shit. That's your kind of business. That's the kind of business I love. Mm-hmm. I love that on the nose, highbrow subtext that isn't really subtext. Yeah. Subtext, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. And then she convinces them to clean up, to paint the house themselves. Yeah. And they're cleaning up their own lives. Exactly. And she's done cleaning their lives. Exactly. So, I love that shit. <laughs> so uh, this movie checked. Stuart, I want you to bring boxes. me up to a seven by the time we're done with this. This, I want you to convince me 
Well, that's why I asked you that question earlier. Like, how early did you make up your mind that this was a, a an SNL skit? Because well, I didn't I, make up that. I made up my mind that this was a fake movie. People watching a real movie when I saw the poster when I bought this Blu-ray box yeah. set. Yeah. So I feel like you kind of you shot yourself in the foot there, man. Mm-hmm. Like I really felt like I don't know if there's any way to bring you back from that mindset. Mm-hmm. I hope there is, and I hope when I talk to you about it. Um, but I don't think I'm gonna shed any light that you don't already know. Because yeah. here's the thing, folks. I think most people know this by now, but Jeff is actually really smart when it comes to movies. I don't know what you're talking about. He's actually really smart, and he may, be, he may play on this like image that he likes dumb movies like Boris and Natasha. But it, it's a good movie. But truth be told, like he does share some really good insight on some movies. Like If you sit in a room with, with Jeff and talk about The Last Jedi for two hours, it'll change your mind to how you think he thinks about movies. So I don't think there's any secret gem that I can reveal to you that you probably haven't already seen, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe my passion will bleed off on yeah, you. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. We'll see. Shall we get into the plot? Let's do it. Okay, so we start with uh, Bobby Long. Bobby Long. It's another Lionsgate film. Yeah, covered a lot of Lionsgate films. Lately. A lot of Lionsgate coming around. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're you know they're hot off the presses. I think in the early two thousands. Yeah. I don't know. But we start off with Bobby Long and Town Drunk. Town Drunk. And he gets top John Travolta gets top billing yes. in this. Uh, this is, before it, Scarlett Johansson. Who is ostensibly the main character. Scarlett. And more popular than he is. Yes. Um, but yeah, we start off with uh Bobby Long, played by John Travolta at a bar. This guy is a broken down, grizzled, alcoholic drunk. Yes. How old would you say Bobby Long is in this movie? See, that's the thing I was very confused by. And um, we get the reveal at the end about how old he is. Yeah. Um, which is he's playing uh, 49. Yeah. Which I kind of, I buy into that. He he looks a more rough like 56. Well, but, I think but it's a the, grizzled 49. I was going to say like a really broken down 49, yeah. like alcoholic and all that stuff. And he's got like broken in features. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about the white hair. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about it. Oh, we're going to talk about the white hair. Um, but yeah, we, we start, we start with a uh, cl- close tight up inserts on Bobby Long drinking at a bar. We get established right away. Oh, like this guy who we're going to spend some time with is an alcoholic. And then we get these wide shots of him walking across the main set yeah. of the movie, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, low income New yeah. Orleans. This is in poverty. Poor, the poor part of New Orleans. Yeah. The poor part of New Orleans. Um, and we get so a little narration. We get we get some VO uh, voiceover narration, which it took me a while to realize that it was Lawson. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> we haven't seen him yet in the first yeah. movie, and I'm like, like, who is this man? Yeah, we, I I thought it was just like gonna be a, a voice from God or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, quick thought about Travolta. I, I like his look. Yeah, it's a good look. I mean, I mean, it's not a good look, but it's a good look. It's it's for what it wants to accomplish. It accomplishes it well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy you can tell he's a grizzled alcoholic. He ha- he like has a limp. I love the the wardrobe that he's wearing and when he first walks across town because he's got this like weird, um, tan cream color suit on that's like dirty, and like a button down shirt underneath. He's got a shoe on his left foot and a flip flop on his right foot, and his toe is like blue and black. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got white hair. He's got a scar over his left eye, and uh he, he's limping and he's got this like tweed hat and the first thing i thought was like this guy <laughs> <laughs> this, fucking guy. this fucking guy is decked out 
Um, but yeah, he's got white hair. Travolta's doing a lot of business in this movie. He's he's doing a lot of business. Uh, he goes to a funeral. Yes. Um, well, he he's uh, he stumbles to a funeral. Yeah, it does seem like he kind of stumbles into it. Yeah. But I think he was going there. Yeah, he just got drunk on the way. Yeah. Because he was afraid to confront it. Of course. Can we really quickly, before yeah. we continue, talk about the, the Spanish DVD cover for this movie? <laughs> huh. Secretos del Pasado. It's Secrets of the Past. <laughs> this movie is called Secrets why, of the Past. <laughs> why... Why do like other countries and like other why do they change the titles of their movies? And the the thing is, why do they? It's do not that? just this title. It's look at how cursed Travolta looks in this. <laughs> this looks like a horror movie. Well, that's not the same poster of the English. No, there's two English posters for this movie. One of them is is Travolta and Johansson dancing, which kind of fits the vibe of this movie. And there's this really weird bleak one <laughs> where it's the two of them on like some bayou covered in like green light. It says love song for Bobby Long. Yeah. Um Anyway, the, anyway, the posters are gonna be very weird. Let's very get back weird. to it. So he he stumbles into a funeral yeah. and um we don't really know who the funeral is for quite yet, but yeah. we see a lot of people around uh the burial site a lot of the folks will be seeing a lot of in this movie yeah yeah we don't get that right away like to us they just think we're just they're just random people uh and i think it's at that point we cut to scarlett johansson yes who is like lost in translation yes <laughs> wearing a shirt and underwear yeah <laughs> that's it and she's in a bad spot in her life in a bad spot in her life <laughs> you know i thinking about this movie it's crazy how long Scarlett Johansson has been in the industry yeah and how relatively young she still is how like, is she's she? only 37 yeah she's kind of yeah. but it, it feels like she's been like I mean she's been in it pretty much her entire life the yeah first movie was in 1994 yeah she's 10 years into her career by the time this movie comes out and she's playing an 18 year old that's crazy yeah she's she's a long time veteran of the this, game this is the same year she's doing the Spongebob Squarepants movie I'm glad you said that Playing too. Playing Princess Mindy. I'm glad you said that too. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't realize that Scarlett Johansson voices Princess Mindy in the yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants movie. movie. That's pretty awesome. Alec Baldwin voices Dennis the Bounty Hunter in that movie. Oh boy! <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but yeah. So Scarlett Johansson. Her name in the movie is Percy. Yes. Uh, Percy Will. Purse, yeah, Percy Will. Her full, her full, her full name is Purseline, which is a flower of some sort. I kept thinking they were saying Purseline. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I just know people call her Percy or Purse. Yeah. So Percy, um, played by Scarlett Johansson, sitting on this like couch in this dump of a house. She's yeah. eating like ice cream and junk food. She's eating so much junk food. Yeah, and the the house she's in is trashed, and that's when her boyfriend comes to the door. Um, same kind of white trash vibe. Um, he tells her that, Hey, like you got to call like Lorraine's dead mm. and he uses the name Lorraine very intentionally Yeah, because we find out later that soon later that Lorraine is Percy's mom. Yeah, I mean, she, she's arguing with me. He's like, I can't believe you didn't tell me Lorraine's dead. And then he's like, I don't see why it's a problem. And she's like, you didn't tell me my mother was dead. Yeah. And that's the dun, 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 reveal. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
it, that's around that time when I wrote down, uh, this is one year after Lost in Translation. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, <laughs> very, very similar mm-hmm. vibes. Uh, but you know, white trash, New Orleans, New Orleans. Uh, so yeah, we, we find out like Lorraine's kind of being very close to the community, but Percy's been estranged from her mother and the community. She's been living in Florida yeah. on like a trailer park this entire time. So for what she believes is her whole life, she doesn't have, she thinks she doesn't have any memories from her childhood. Right. We later find out she does in a weird way. Yeah. It's, it's strangely done. Yeah. It is strangely done. So Percy comes back to the community. Yeah. Very quickly. Like this movie's first thing it wants to set up for you is the dynamic, the dynamic Percy comes home and she comes to the house and she believes like her mom died. She leaves up to the, the house. She comes home and who's there. Bobby, Bobby Long and Lawson. Yes. Played by Gabriel mocked, who I won't say is like a nobody, but he, he, he definitely hasn't. He like, did eight seasons of the show suits. <laughs> as the main character yeah uh a suits a show that does not exist i mean i never watched it do you know anyone who watched suits no exactly no exactly i never watched it uh yeah he was in suits and, and he was in suits <laughs> and literally he wasn't in anything else Is it another season of suits <laughs> uh he was in a uh, Kate Beckinsale movie in 2009 called Whiteout. Yeah, he he's one. Of, he's a, he's a working actor, so he pops. He's up a working stuff. actor, but he's obviously he's he's not gotten anything yeah. big. So this is, I mean, th- this is a a a, me- a meaty enough role for him. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but he's he's important for the scenes that he. Yeah, gets. I thought I thought he plays really well, like to his dynamic with Bobby Travolta. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Bobby. 49 years old looks like a he looks like he he would look pretty decent for 58 like you yeah. said or a really bad for 49 yeah. which is kind of what the movie's setting up whereas Lawson is like what would you say 25 I would say 30s he looks a like young 30 yeah okay I, you're I think that's I mean probably he more too accurate. is an alcoholic so they're both alcoholics yes um Bobby probably maybe more so than Lawson yeah it doesn't really go into like whose life is but more in shambles they're both kind of like equally in the yeah. in the dirt um but she she comes she shows up to the house and bobby's like asleep yeah on in the bed and lawson sees her well there, there's a scene right before this oh did i miss on, on her way there where bobby goes out with his he hangs out in front of a trailer with a bunch of his guys every day yeah and they all sit around just sharing stories smoking and like uh singing songs singing songs yeah it's great um, it's wonderful. Um, and they're talking about Lorraine, who had passed. Yeah. And there's one guy who is Lorraine's neighbor. Yeah. Name I can't remember. This is the bigger guy? Yeah, the bigger guy. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, he's talking about how, like, he's like, I was the only one who was in the hospital with her. And he's like, everyone else should have visited. And Bobby's like, uh, she didn't want to see me. You know, I was afraid. All the- He's given all these excuses to why he didn't go see her. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, did they have something going on? Yeah, well, it seems like Lorraine was definitely like a very important figure in yeah, the community. She was a a big time uh, person for everybody. Yeah, um, Bobby, who seemed he had a close connection with her, but had a sort of falling out towards the later end of her life. Yeah, uh, but they each equally helped each other out in hard times. Yeah, 
So I think that's when Percy steps in the house and sees Bobby and Lawson. Uh, and Bobby and Lawson both say, like, she left all three of us the house. Yes. Keep that e- in mind. Equal equal thirds shares. Yeah. Keep that in mind, audience members, for and, that may come back into play later in the movie. Yeah. And so Bobby doesn't want her there. Yeah. He I, wants to just have this free place where he can stay and drink right. and die, essentially. Yeah. So, um, but Percy isn't going to go. So Percy uh, has some stuff that her mom left her, and she's debating on leaving going Mm. she's there's a scene where she's like sitting at a bus stop and pretty much she's just sitting there and she has like one of the a book with her and what's this book called uh the the heart is a lonely hunter the heart is a lonely hunter yeah because it's she gets a small suitcase of full of books yeah yeah this is like what her what lawson gives to percy like your mom left this for you so She's waiting at a bus stop like she's going to go back to Florida. Yeah. Uh, but she ends up changing her mind and comes yeah. back. She's so, like, I'm taking my third. Yeah, I'm taking my third. So they give her Lorraine's old room. So Bobby and Lawson are either going to like bunk together or yeah. Lawson's going to sleep on the couch or something. And they, yeah, they give her the room, and Lawson's just like, I'll sleep with you, Bobby. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's when I wrote down that Bobby is very creepy. <laughs> he's like, he's There's like, a few creepy moments in this. Yes, uh, in this motion picture. In this film, <laughs> Bobby and Percy. <laughs> like, Bobby making one too many sexual comments yes. about Percy. That, his tight little pants, I think he says at one point. Yeah. He says a lot of weird oh. things. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, and we get some exposition into Bobby's life that Bobby also himself has a lot of books. Yeah. Because she's looking around Lorraine's room where there's shitload of bookshelves, lots mm-hmm. of books around. She's like, oh, like I didn't really thought Lorraine was the reader. It's like, oh, these are Law, and this is Lawson these are showing her Bobbies. around. It's like these are mostly Bobby's. Bobby used to be an English professor. Yeah. At Auburn College in Alabama. Yeah. So this and is giving... Lawson was like, I was his teacher's assistant for a while, and uh, that's how we knew each other. That's how we knew each other, and you know, I'm working on a book myself, but it's no good. Yeah. It... What's the book gonna be called? We'll find out. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, Percy settles in, and the next day, Percy meets that neighbor. Yeah. That Bobby was talking to earlier in the film. This was a little weird for me. Yes. Because it seems like that the their whole future of their friendship that they make at this moment is predicated on oh yeah i was your mom's neighbor yeah and can, he's like can I, you think of anything else he's <laughs> like i was your mom's neighbor i helped her out a lot i was her best friend i named you he says he says i helped pick your name oh i forgot that yeah part. he says that he he says i helped pick your name and he's like you know it's like a, a flower and she's like well i always thought it was a purslane because it's a weed that you have to pull out Mm. And he's like, yeah, it, it's a weed, but it has a pretty flower. It doesn't stop kids from playing with it. Okay. So essentially just like saying like, yeah, this, you know, even something that do- that doesn't seem to have a place can have beauty. Yeah. I like that shit. Yeah. That's what they're getting at. I, I know like, you like it. I like it. that shit. I know you like it. Um, She then goes to the bar. And it's at this point when I write down, like, this whole story is, like, a prodigal daughter return story. Like, oh, like, it's, like, 
if you ever have lived in a small hometown yeah. for a majority of your childhood and then you go away to college and then it's like you're if you've been away for at least a year maybe longer and then you come back and you see all the people who like knew you or knew yeah. your family or your fam- friends this happens to me all the time when I would go to like the Walmart in Huntington, Indiana and like, Stuart, is that you? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I remember you. When I got a story for you off the air. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to hear it. It's this. so cringy. But like, that's kind of what's happening with Percy yeah. a lot. Is Everyone's like, are you, were you learning that we haven't seen you in 14 years or however long it's been? Yeah. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. She spent some childhood at New Orleans. Yeah. Not that she has any memories of them, wink 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 but yeah like it seems like she wasn't totally absent from the town Mm. has it been explained how long she's been gone for i don't really think so i I know it it because it it, they basically said like she dropped out of high school and then left yeah but then she would definitely have yeah but then she would have better memories of this place and all these people I didn't really think about it. Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know anything around here. And it's like, how long have you been gone? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know how long she was in. Cause yeah, where she said she like, I was only, she was 18, but she said yeah. like the highest grade level she could get into. She oh. made it through 10th grade. Yeah. Well, they later, they later say through 11th. Well, that's because Bobby did her a favor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I try, okay. I try not so, to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she goes to the bar. Um, she's sort of re assimilating herself back into the community. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get a job. Yeah, she's trying to get a job. That's all that's on her mind right now. She's going to try to stick around in the community. Because um, she wants to become, she wants to find out more about her mother. Because yeah. in the book that she was reading, she found a love note from Bobby. Or a note from Bobby being like, Dear Lorraine, here's a book for you that I thought you'd like. Yeah. And she's like, what connection is this guy to have with my mom? Right. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, she has questions about her mom the, and this. I mean, this stuff. is right around the point where I'm thinking to myself, the twist at the end of this movie is going to be that Bobby's her father, right? Okay, so pause. I thought that too, but then I thought that'd be too easy. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, spoiler alert. Can we spoil it? Yeah. They take the easy route. Yeah. It, it, Bobby's her dad. Bobby's her dad. End. Yeah. Um, and but she has to bring him back and have him find love again. They introduce these older men yeah. in her lives, <laughs> which has enough like ambiguity ambiguity behind it that it's like, like at one point, this is like over halfway through the movie. Yeah. That um, Percy goes on a date to this like jazz bar and she finds this like sax player. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was in your mom's band. It's like, you were in my mom's band? And then there's like this wink, 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 like kind of like yeah. mood and going Earlier on, in the movie, like, they had said your dad is a sax player who she met right. like on a, a tour. Yeah. Or something. So like they throw. A traveling sax players. What they yeah. Say. They throw out these like random. And then there's a neighbor who is always a thought. Yeah. And then there's Bobby. And then there's yeah. Lawson. Yeah. There's <laughs> so a lot of people who, who, inf- who it infers have slept with her mother. Yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> very pure woman. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I thought it would have been the easy route if they just went with Bobby. But mm-hmm. which, of course, they do. And I don't think the reveal was too cheap. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought, oh, like, yeah, Bobby's Bobby's her dad. Um, But it pays off. Yeah. 
I thought. It's fine. Yeah. So um, Percy's walking home, and she sees Bobby hanging out with the community. Yeah. And Bobby's playing guitar and singing. Yeah. And I think this is when we have to comment on John Travolta getting in a movie, asked to sing. It's a good choice. Yes. I mean, he's he's doing great. He's a good choice. Yeah. He, he, he's doing well. He's still got the voice. He's got the voice. He's still got a voice. I don't know if he's actually playing guitar, but I wouldn't. Yeah. I would assume he knows how to play guitar. It didn't bump me either way. I can't think of another movie we've covered where he plays guitar, but I highly presume he can play guitar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, Very he's singing. inclined guy. So she meets like their kind of group, their yeah. gang that they hang around and the smoke team. and drink. Yeah. And she's looking for a job. And tell, remind me what happens in this part, Jeff, because well, Bobby the, tells a story. Yes. He that tell, disturbs Percy. Yeah. He tells a story about how when he was a kid, all of his friends, because he, he's like, I hung out with the older, I hung out with the older crowd. Uh, Why are you doing that voice, Jeff? He, he's kind of doing the Bill Clinton voice from Primary Colors. He is doing like a very deep, heavy Southern accent. But I will say this. Uh, he's just saying, you know, I'm Bobby Long. How are you? <laughs> so, like, I, I will say like, you know, with the Primary Colors Bill Clinton voice and with the yeah. Bobby Long Southern accent voice. His voice. I think that this is warranted because he's heavy into the Southern yeah. accent. It's like, uh, uh, per- I mean, Percy, uh, uh, you want to come uh, down Percy to church we'll down. and, and uh, we'll grab some orange juice and vodka. Like, you know, it's I very mean, strong. Grab me some orange juice and some vodka. Yeah, it's it's a very like strong Southern accent, but I feel like it's warranted. Yeah. What? Nothing. <laughs> I was trying to do a troll to voice and I, oh. I, I pulled back. Uh, so I feel like it's warranted, though. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, setting, no. time of the play. accent's fine. I don't have any problems with it. But there have been movies that we've watched in the past where he does the exact same accent. Yeah, not quite as warranted. Though. Yeah, sometimes he just whips the southern accent out. Yeah, I mean he's always just talking like this, and he's yeah, it's tr- it's just tremendous, is what it is. Uh, Are you doing the uh, unobtainium voice guy? No, unobtainium. The problem is home tree is on top of 25,000 pounds of it now. Oh, God. Um, These savages. <laughs> Giovanni, Par- he, Parker Selfridge is his character's name in Avatar. I couldn't remember it last week. Um, Good shit. Anyway. Good so, shit. Um, so, yeah, he tells, yeah, he tells a story. A story about when he's like, I hung out with a, an old crowd, and they would always talk about pussy and how it was the greatest thing. They whispered tones. I was talking about pussy. And he's like, Eventually, one kid told me what pussy was, and he was like throwing a pearl in his hand. It was some, it's some story about I didn't fully get it. <laughs> some kid, I didn't get it either. Some to be kid's honest. like, This is a pussy, and he's holding like a diamond or something. Yeah. And takes it, a bite of it or yeah. something. Everyone thinks it's so funny. Um, and Percy is just like disturbed and leaves. She's like, What the fuck? He's like, Why? Talking? This guy's just trying to out macho me right now. Yeah. Or not out macho me, but just macho me. Yeah. So she dips out. And um, we're back at the house, and that's when we're getting more context into Lawson's writing. So, sort of the goal, and what are you doing? Nothing. Okay. Sorry, you were giving me some eyes. No, nothing. Um, so we learned that in terms of like Bobby and Lawson's like goal, Mm -hmm. it's that. Bobby and Lawson are like living at this house for free. Yes. And I don't really know how they make money. Uh, they don't. Yeah. They're they were it seems like Bobby was almost homeless prior. He was basically just like couch surfing. Yeah. 
like how do they eat food? Because they go to a diner. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. They might be living off of welfare. The movie never really digs into it. There's one scene where he says you had a check come in. Yeah, I think it's I think it's welfare. Yeah, or maybe like disability or something. Yeah. Like I don't know. So but basically, their lives are they just hang around, they drink and smoke, and they just quote poetry at each other. Yeah, because they're both students of literature. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and the whole ge- goal is Lawson's going to write a book that's going to set them up for life. Mm. And Bobby is all about like giving Lawson his like space, time, and yeah. concentration because once he gets his book out, they're on easy street. Yeah, it, it's kind of like think of any other movie trope where like this little older... does Bobby know he's gonna have to pay with his life for <laughs> this book. Well, I was thinking like if you've seen any other movie where like a it seems like an unintelligent older person who is like buying lottery tickets every day yeah and the main character looks at that with like disdain or pity and they're like why do you do that every day it's like one day i'm gonna win a million dollars you know and i'm gonna be set for life it's kind of like what's happening here yeah it's like you know like lawson is bobby's lottery ticket yeah and every day is a new scratch off yeah i like you like that that's a good allegory i like like that that. i like that a lot putting that one on the putting that one on the uh revolting hall of fame yeah wall of fame (laughs) yeah uh, called our Instagram feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get more context into Lawson and Bobby's relationship in terms of what they're doing now, which is the book. Uh, Percy goes on a walk with the neighbor. And it's at this point I write down, I'm guessing he's secretly her father. Mm-hmm. Cause this is what he's like, this is where your mother used to hang out. Yeah, You look knows, so much like your mom. He knows a lot about her mom and yeah. he's sort of very like, forward like he's very active mm-hmm. in their relationship well it's like established he knows that he's not her father but doesn't want her to find out who her father is i thought later on we find out he didn't know isn't that i thought that was the bit at the end is that he knew well i thought he had you suspected. paid more attention to this movie no than i thought I he suspected okay and but he wasn't totally sure yeah like he had his suspicions but yeah. he wasn't for sure mm-hmm I mean, at one point, Percy says the great line. It's like, I guess you can't count back nine months. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, like, unless if she was, like, sleeping around with, like, tons of guys. You ever do that thing where you subtract nine months from your birthday? Oh, I'm a Valentine's birth. I'm baby. Yeah, if, mid, if you're mid-November, you're rough. I'm Valentine's baby, man. Yeah. Born in a passion. <laughs> I will say, I was a planned baby, though. Yeah. they They were, I was the planned baby. They had that X on February 14th for a while. Probably. I mean, they probably just had the, my parent. this is weird talking about my parents having conversations of having unprotected sex to have yeah. me, but, uh, no, I imagine they had a conversation in December, January about like, they're like know, February 14th. We're doing it. I, no, I imagine it's like, <laughs> I think we're ready to start having a baby and then it's like, yeah, like it's sometime in February. I don't know if it was exactly. February 14th. We're ordering, the, we're ordering the goods. They're <laughs> <Not> coming in. <laughs> What's nine months back from your birthday? You're, you're a, June. Do you want to know? What is my it? My mom's birthday. <laughs> oh, hey. hey. Uh, thank God they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I told my dad to start listening. <laughs> hey, Dad. You're going to be covering the Wild Hogs episode in a few weeks. Oh, God. Uh, this is what we talk about. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Abort. So, abort. Yeah. Abort. So, um, around, you know, Something that they do with Scarlett Johansson's character in this movie is this movie is her coming of age story. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, she's when she starts, <laughs> they do one of those things that you like where they start it with her just eating junk food. Like all she eats is like peanut butter and M&Ms and Oreos and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, cause she never got maturity. And then she becomes mature and starts eating real food and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and one of the biggest thing is, is like, there's a metaphor for like cleaning the house. Yeah. Cause when she first shows up, the house is obviously a wreck. There's yeah. no furniture, everything's stained and dirty. Mm. And, like, there's, like, one scene that they call attention to when she, like, starts cleaning out the kitchen yeah. first. And, yeah, like, that's, like, the first moment when she's, like, starting to help clean up the place a little bit. And then she starts painting the walls and makes the whole place new. Yeah, get some furniture, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. And that actually, that's what happens right after this neighbor walk and talk yeah. scheme is that she cleans up the kitchen. Which, oddly enough, there's no coincidence that it happened right after... Um, her walk and talk with the neighbor yeah. where the neighbor's giving her a lot of information about her mom. Yeah. And she's starting to feel a little better about her mom. Not, yeah. not a lot, but a little. Yeah. But th- there's also something that keeps happening in this movie and that happens for the first time around this time. We're like, they have told Percy that the, that Lorraine left the house to all three of them. Yeah. Um, she did not, but they're all like, we got to tell her the secret, but they aren't being very secretive about this because everybody knows. No. And like Percy will be sitting on a couch six feet away from them. And then you see John Bobby Logan Watson six feet away from her being like, we got to tell her the truth, man. <laughs> she doesn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't recognize this that. happens twice in this movie where they're so close to her and she could definitely hear is one of them saying. in a bar. No, they're both like in the living room. Why they're both like times that they're in the living room talking. She is so close and she doesn't hear them be like, we got to tell her the truth. We can't keep lying to her. And she's not like, what are you lying to me about? Yeah, I don't, I, I must mm. not have caught any of that. No, it happens twice. It's, it's so funny. Uh, So yeah. And that's when I write down, this is when she's like cleaning up the kitchen. And I wrote down dot, dot, dot. Like she's going to clean up their lives. Yeah, wink, whoa. wink, wink. Uh, so Bobby doesn't like, Uh, Bobby makes the comment again. That he doesn't like Percy being there. And so um, I also make the comment of like just Travolta's performance overall so far. I make a lot of comments throughout this. Um, I'm on page two out of seven pages of notes right now. (laughs) Uh, We're almost an hour into this podcast. Uh, We'll speed things up. Um, No, make it slower. Well, I just, you know, I thought in terms of how gross and ugly and gritty, grizzled this guy is supposed to be. Charles doing a really good job. Yeah, he he's se- he's selling it. What else came out in 2004? For him? No, this year. Oh, in 2004. Like what if he was trying to contend for Oscars, who was he up against? I'm going to look up the the Oscars for 2004, which happened in 2005. So I got to look up 2005 Oscars. Uh so best actor, would you think he'd be act- he'd be supporting? Yeah, this, he'd yeah? definitely be supporting. So, supporting best supporting actor nominees for to the 2004 slate were Morgan Freeman Million Dollar Baby who won yeah that... Alan Alda for The Aviator Thomas Hayden Church for Sideways hmm. Jamie Foxx for Collateral and Clive Owen for Closer this is this is the uh, the we... weird this is the weird year where uh, Jamie Foxx is nominated for both Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for two different movies because he wins for Ray uh, yeah as Ray Charles and then Ray. he's nominated for Collateral um I think he can probably is there one you think I didn't I don't I haven't I've only I haven't seen I've only seen one of those movies I've seen all of, I've not seen closer I've not seen closer are we gonna I'm not get seen... rid of Clive Owen sight unseen <laughs> maybe and put in John Travolta <laughs> but I don't know like maybe they're all worthy 
Oscar worthy. If you're out of here, maybe they're all Oscar worthy performances. Who's this? I mean, Morgan Freeman deserved Million Dollar Baby mm-hmm. more so than Travolta and Love Song for Bobby Long. So I'm not going to take the win, but at least a nomination, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I'd nominate him, but I wouldn't be like furious if he was nominated. I think supporting actor, I'd nominate him for mm-hmm. Golden Globe. Only Scarlet got the nom, sadly. For you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like the Oscar thing where it's like you 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 won last time. Calm calm down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like calm down. We're not going to give you another. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, unless you're Meryl Streep. You know, unless you're Emmanuel Lebeski or Meryl Streep, you're coming back. Yeah. So or Deacons, I suppose. And also, this is the same. Like we talked about this, where like just a lot of people are dogpiling on Travolta at this time. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't get any nomination, yeah. but like. I, he's pulling his weight. Mm-hmm. He's doing a good job. Uh, and I wrote down this. He's like he's like the anti Bill Murray in this, which I've already said. Yeah. So it's at this point, Bobby goes on a drive. Yes, he he's he starts having a change of heart. Yeah, because he like they bring up the topic of school around Percy, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, if I if I went back, I'd had to go to the eleventh grade because yeah. I only was able to complete the tenth grade, and I really need a job. I can't do two years of school." And this is, again, Bobby's, like, disguising his, the surface level, it's like, I just want you gone out of the house. But deep down, it's like, he starts, like, caring, caring for, for her like, a little bit. Even though he doesn't want to, he starts caring for her. He starts having, like, a paternal instinct with her. I love that shit. You love that shit? I love that shit. Mm. <laughs> Stuart's just like bundled up into himself. It was really cute. I love it. Um, I just I love that shit. That's my good shit. But he so he uh, dressed Auburn University yes, in Alabama, he, where he was fired. From what we've heard, we don't know why yet. Yeah, uh, he apparently has a connection there. Yes, um, somebody who owes him a favor. But while that's happening, uh, Percy and Lawson, uh, they have they have a lot of these one-on-one conversation with Percy Lawson. And this is something I actually like about the movie that yeah. they kind of set these two up. Like they're going to be a thing mm-hmm. and it never happens until the end. Well, yes, but there's only, there's like a slight, there's a small peak of that because mm-hmm. they just hold hands. Yeah. There's no, like they, there's never a scene when they kiss or they have sex or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's a couple like little side eye moments this movie is not about her falling in love. Yes. That's just like, it's yeah. it's like the last concern of this movie. And I like that choice. Yeah, I, do. I agree. I like that choice. But the, this is one of those moments where it's like the primary driver of this dialogue scene between Percy and Lawson isn't that they're having feelings for each other, but it's more like character development for Percy and growing up. So yeah. like they're talking and talking about like, what does Percy want to do? And she said like, well, I think I could be like an x-ray tech or something because I like bones. I like the yeah. way they look. It's, whenever she watches TV, she... Cuts between the cooking channel and med television watching surgeries happen. Right. Yeah. And she must have gotten this from her mom because this is so weird. In her mom's room, there's just a like a poster of the human anatomy. Like Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, I noticed that too. I wasn't sure why that was there. Um so uh it cuts back to Bobby who's at this like barbecue restaurant mm-hmm. and he calls someone on the payphone. <laughs> no, Alabama. And a woman picks up. Yeah. But he does the stereotypical male thing where he doesn't say anything. Yeah. I saw I saw Licorice Pizza last night, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. How was it? It was really good. Yeah. Uh, but they have a, they do the same bit in that movie where like they call and just no one's talking. It's like, hello, is anyone there? Except it's like a two minute long scene of just two people standing there and sounds breathing heavily into phones waiting for someone else to do it. 
There's like, <sighs> it's so good. It sounds like a PT Anderson yeah. move. Go see a uh, go see a uh, licorice pizza if you get a chance. Comes out Christmas, I think. I will. How'd you see it last night? They had a, a advanced screening uh, at the music box in town. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. Slid into that. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he calls a woman who doesn't say anything, um, so hangs she hangs up. up. Uh, Dawson, there's a quick scene where Dawson walks in on Percy in the shower. Yeah, and he's like, I saw her. I keep forgetting we have a lady here. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else like, yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those like tiny little peaks that yeah. they're like, uh, now they're attractive yeah. to each other or something like, and I don't know. And the thing is like, she's playing 18 in this movie. Yes. He's, like in his 30s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. Let's, what is the actual age difference between these two? I'm curious. So Gabriel Moss is 49. Scar- There's a 12-year age difference between the, the cast. Yeah. So, like, is he yeah. playing his age, do you think, or do you think I he's think playing he's, younger? I, th- I would think he's roughly playing his age of, like, 30 or something. You think young 30s? Or I think mid- young 30s. Yeah. Yeah, it's still pretty, l- yeah. a little bit older. I think that's in part why it's smart that they don't go too much into a romance subplot. Also, because this movie just doesn't need that. No, it doesn't. And I think, it, you know, he, he, he does have a girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't remember her name. They it's, state her name, but I, I forget. They imply it as less of a, like, relationship as more of, like, a friends with benefits thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it because she's the, the owner of the local bar. Right. And from how they're implying, it seems like she wants it to be something more. He's not interested in that. But much like, you know, the main rope and stuff, it doesn't really go too much into that. It's just flavor for, to make this a, feel like a real world. Right. Yeah. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Uh, so. Travolta comes back. Bobby comes back. Well, Dawson gets something in the mail. Yes. And he, he hides it. Quickly hides it. And then Dawson and Percy go to the city. And that's when we get more exposition about how he was Bobby's teaching assistant at the college and he also makes a promise to Percy that I'm going to help you get your GED. And she yeah. says, okay, if you want to help me get my GED, you got to stop drinking. Yeah, that's the promise. And that that's a little premise there. And and Bobby comes back, and he's like, you got to sit down. You're going to be so excited with what I did. And Lawson's like, where's my car? <laughs> Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Bobby's like, I sold it for $300. And Lawson's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I had no money. <laughs> he's like, I had no money to get back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think we skipped one quick like bar scene, but it's not really that important. It just mm-hmm. establishes like there's some tension going on between Dawson yeah. and Percy, but it establishes Dawson's quasi girlfriend, yeah. the bartender. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the only the other thing we missed. But yeah, he comes back, he brings makeup for Percy. Mm-hmm. What does he bring for? He brings like a scotch. Yeah. A single malt scotch. Yeah. He brings single malt scotch for uh, Lawson. Yeah. And a uh, bottle for himself. Yeah. And he's like, guess what I got? And he hands her an envelope of sorts. Yeah, an envelope that says that she's can go to school in the 12th grade. Yeah, she can go to the 12th grade. Yeah. So she has admittance to the local school she wants it. Yeah. And he says, oh, there's a friend at the old university. And she's like, why would you do that for me? And uh, he's like, because I want you out of the house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But even though she does end up going to school, she doesn't leave the house. Well, she doesn't end up going to the school at first. Uh But because she's still adamant about like I don't want to go to school, I need yeah. to get a job. Um, and so this is when Lawson's like, we gotta tell her the secret. 
And she's like standing right there. And yeah, yeah. Okay. I. I now I remember because yeah. it was the same time. He's like, your check came in. He's like, have you talked to the lawyer yet? He's like, sure, I don't want to talk about it yet. And that's yeah. when like we. Have, I'm, I'm like, I'm. There's two things I'm juggling. One, what is the check? Yeah. <laughs> is it is it uh, wealth welfare? Is it disability? Like I don't, I don't. Is it I don't know what it is. And then there's a lawyer talk. There's a lawyer involved. Like they're like discussing all these like weird secret yeah. things. And yeah, she is like they're in the kitchen. She's in like the living room. Yeah, not that far away. So I do remember that a little mm-hmm. bit, but I didn't really think too much of it. Um, so we're back at the bar. Mm-hmm. The bar comes back a lot. Yes, it's almost they're all alcoholics. Well, it. it I, one of the things I kind of liked about this was it brought me back to like urban cowboy vibes when they're like going back to the bar like all the time that like 90% of that movie urban cowboy takes place in that bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the bar a lot in this movie. Um, and so she's picking out classes. Yeah. But she says, I don't want to go. I, 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 and they talk her in, they talk her into it. Um, and as they're talking her into it, one there's a singer guitar player mm-hmm. who's singing one of Lorraine's songs um there's not really much too much attention called to it just that oh hey this was like Lorraine's song yeah. or something and somebody's singing it that's pretty much yeah all that's and it's kind of a cool thing you know again this is more context for Percy to understand how important she was to the yeah. community that like people sing her songs so, isn't it the uh isn't it the the heart is a lonely hunter song and she doesn't know it yet Oh, it might be. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's one of the. Yeah. No, it's around this time where Travolta also says the line that I wrote down because I thought it was good. We cannot tear a page out of our lives. But we can throw the whole book in the fire. When, when was this happened? I don't was remember exactly scene? when. He says because it, but, after this he, is a scene they help her study. Yeah, he says it to Lawson, or he says it to Lawson, basically like, "You can't get rid of any part of your life, but you can like destroy your life." Hey, the heat went off. We love it. You're right. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, so, so they're like, we're going to get you into school. I think it's the next scene is like a tutoring session on the porch. Yes. And Charles is in like professor mode. Yes. Drunk in professor mode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> kind of like drunk Charles. The scene got, the scene got you going. Oh man, the scene got me going. He's like, tell me who is from Nebraska. It's like, what important literary figures are from Nebraska? It's like, don't I need to learn something like the capitals? Yeah, and learn- he's like, bullshit. You learn what matters. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this, per- this, the first female author was from Nebraska. She knew Samuel Clemens, aka Mark Twain. Who knew Robert Frost or something like that? And Lawson's like, they're not going to talk about Frost in school. And Troll's like, well, they should. <laughs> Which that brings me to another comment I wanted to make yeah. about this movie. This entire movie is just one big Robert Frost poem. Yeah, it's all full of quotes. Yeah, it's all full of quotes, but it's also just like, like New, the New Orleans community is such like a landscape. Yeah, and that is like Robert Frost, because it goes through all the seasons. Mm-hmm. Like it takes place. This whole movie takes place the course over the entire year, and yeah. like all the voiceover narrations are voiceover narration on the season in New Orleans. Yeah. Which is very indicative of a Robert Frost poem because it's all about landscapes and mm-hmm. scenery and all that stuff. Stuart's and he's later at, that at the end of the movie we see a gravestone yeah, quote. And it's Robert Frost. And it's a Robert Frost quote. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that this, shit. This movie is set over a whole year because they're getting her prepped for the school year. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And she goes to school. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's a conversation that Dawson or 
Lawson. Yeah, halfway through my as I was writing my notes, started calling him Dawson for some reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lawson uh, is having a hard time quitting drinking. Like he's starting yes. to get have some withdrawals. Bobby pours him a drink. He's like, "Take it slow." Yeah, it's like if you want to actually do this, like take it slow. Um, but so Percy tells Bobby that she's uh, coming out and she's getting ready for school. Bobby's sitting on the couch, and this is when she tells him like she's actually pretty nervous for school, and. Not much happens in the scene other yeah. than Bobby just telling her, like, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like, just go, and we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. And it's such, like, a... This is probably the most dad scene yeah. there is. He's starting to settle into being a real man again. Yeah. Because even though he didn't really sign a pact to quit drinking, he kind of is quitting drinking with Lawson. Yeah, and... It's at this point I wrote down because this was one scene that I I watched and I'm like I don't really understand the point of that scene yeah. other than like yeah he's a little bit more grown of a father figure esque but I write down whenever that th- happens I always think about was that necessary like how yeah. long is this movie feeling right now and I just took like a litmus test and it's like this movie doesn't feel long mm-hmm. at least it didn't for me this movie felt a little long for me yeah. It didn't feel long for me. Mm-hmm. And I took multiple like tests. Like yeah. I checked the pulse a few times. I'm like, am I getting bored? Like, am I starting to fade away? And I'll be, I'll admit there were some times where I was like kind of zoning out a little bit, but yeah. I, I was so, I, I'm not ashamed. Engrossed to, in this movie. Well, I'm not ashamed to admit, but like I was engrossed enough that like if I didn't get a plot point, I rewinded the <laughs> film. I, I clicked the, the rewind 10 second button on the Apple TV play screen yeah. and rewinded it. Like, so I watched and I would just watch the full scene again. Yeah. So, yeah, so like there were a few times I zoned out, but I actually reminded it to get the mm. full context. This is one scene that's so easy to zone out yeah. from because not a lot really happens. Mm. Uh, so then Dawson and Bobby are playing chess and this is like the drinking conversation that they're yeah. having where Bobby's also like. I think they're just having conversations about like maybe like you can maybe stop drinking, too. But on top of that, as they're playing chess. um. Percy comes back, right? Well, th- this uh, they bring it. This is the fishing bit mm-hmm. where he's like, "Why do we have to keep doing this? I, I want to go fishing." It's like, "Why do you want to go fishing?" Yeah, and he's like, "I don't know, just something different." And it's the most like, "What are what do these guys do all day?" Bit mm-hmm. pretty much, other than writing, play chess, and quote Robert Frost at each other. Play tr- chess, quote Robert Frost, and like talk about Lawson's book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they do because they yeah. always talk about Lawson's book. Then we get to the bar, and that's when Percy is back from school. Yeah, and we learn that she actually left school early because she she didn't think it was for her. Yeah, not not for her. She didn't want to go back. They can they convinced her to go back. Well, she says, "I don't need school. I need a job." That's when the bartender is like, "Honey, you can work here on weekends, but the only condition is you have to stay in school." Mm-hmm. We have no more conversations of school ever again yeah. after that scene. <laughs> she keeps the job and she goes to school. Yeah. Also, I have a question. Yeah. How high was the cigarette budget for this movie? Because, Jesus Christ. A lot of cigarettes. Every scene, there's at least a pack of cigarettes being smoked. Like a whole pack. 20. Well, Bobby does smoke menthol. Yes. Because it's always the green packs. And Lawson always smokes regular red packs. And Percy steals Lawson's. And then every single background character has a cigarette. Yeah. It I I cannot fathom the the, it, the budget it, for that. It does sort of like affect the continuity though because there's a lot there's a few scenes where like the lengths do change. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, 
this is when we get voiceover narration. This yes. is the first time we've gotten voiceover na- narration outside of the beginning. Yeah. And it's Lawson because he's starting to write his book, and we're hearing yeah. passages from his book. Also, we this... don't know what the book's called yet, though. Well, let me tell you, folks. Let me and tell you. In terms of the minute mark when this voiceover narration happens, it's exactly halfway through. Whoa. It's exactly at the midpoint of the movie. Mm. Love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love that shit. Um, so, yeah, we're at the one hour mark. Percy's doing well in school. Uh, we're it's around Christmas. We now. we skip all of fall basically yeah. and go straight to winter. We Christmas start getting time. the voiceover narration with the time skips. Yes, yeah. So they go straight to winter and it's Christmas time. Um, this is where we get more like they've definitely bonded, and yeah. this is the first scene where like you know the it's cold in the house yeah. and Percy's sitting over the sink with a blanket. And Travolta walks over. He's like, where's the vodka? And he's like, you told me to hide it. And it's like, well, tell me where you hid it. You told me not to tell you where to hide it. It's like, I'm, I'm telling you to tell me where yeah. to hide it. He's like, Lawson, Bobby's trying to tell me where the and vodka Lawson's is. Lawson's like, it is Christmas. It's like, it is Christmas. He's like, fuck it, it's under the stairs. This is a little happy scene, Shelly, yeah. that they've all kind of like gotten used to each other's presence yeah. in the house now. So They're cutting back on the drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, At that, one point, Lawson drinks pickle juice, but he puts gin in it. It's And it's... Gross. Because <laughs> it's pickle juice and gin. What the fuck do you uh, expect? I mean, I have low standards. Like, come <laughs> on. Uh, it's at this point we get some context into Bobby's backstory because yeah. Bobby talks to Percy about his kids. Mm-hmm. He has kids um, who haven't seen him in a yeah. long time. Well, um, this is around when Bobby and Lawson have a blowout, right? Um, I, We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're getting close to that. This is yeah. the bar scene, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is we're getting close to that um scene. So, uh yeah, it's just Bobby and Percy by themselves and Bobby and Percy sort of sharing details about each other that like my kids barely know who I am anymore because yeah. I've been so away from them and now and then that's when Percy says it's like honestly like I don't really have many memories of my mom to the point when I just I make up some memories because yeah. I just I don't know who really she is. Gives a little sprinkle into their inner lives at that point. And that's when Lawson comes home with a tree. Yeah. Um, but he forgot the laundry. Um, they're like, where'd you get that tree? It's like, you cut it down. It's like, no, it fell off a truck. <laughs> He's like, you're lying. It's like, all right, a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely um, just stole the tree. And they're sitting around the fire and Bobby is reading Lawson's manuscript. Yeah. His book. And Lawson, of course, hates it. But and Bobby's giving him like soft critiques. Yeah, like he's not saying like that's stupid, that's dumb. Yeah. He's like, that's a little odd sentence yeah. here and there. Like he's doing the the casual English professor yeah. thing. It's like you know that's a it might be a different word could fit in there a little mm. better, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and that's when we get to the bar. Yes. And uh, Bobby and Percy are doing the Alabama Shuffle. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes, I love it. So much Alabama shuffle. Such a good, such a good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're done, he's clearly drunk. He's gotten really drunk at this point. Yeah. And um, he's like, "You like Lawson more than me." <laughs> and this is when Lawson's sitting with his like friend with benefits, yeah, girlfriend, bartender. And he's like, and it's kind of a little awkward. And they bring up, it's like, well, Lawson, like, he just like is close to finishing his book. And that's when the bar says, "Actually, speaking of that, we've been thinking." Uh, we've been thinking about Lawson moving in with me. Yeah. He might have more time to like think. And Lawson's and... kind of like, I'm not so sure. Yeah. And Lawson's but a little dismissive Bob, about But Bobby's it. heard it. Yes. Uh, and he's like, I'm getting abandoned again. And he gets really 
aggressive in the bar. Yeah, he kind of blows up a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't do like a angry like thing. He just kind of like he guilt trips Lawson basically. Yeah. And uh he references he like and like Lawson might be moving in with his girlfriend. Oh, he he kind of he very blatantly there's like a little silent moment there. Yeah. You can tell Bobby's a little upset. And I think it's like the first thing he says is Lawson is not in love with you. Yeah. And just like, oh. <laughs> and then he, te- he tells Lawson, like, remember what happened last time? Um, and then there's a blow up. Um, yeah. They go back and. Lawson like says, I'm sorry. All right. And Lawson leaves. And he walks out with his girlfriend. Yeah. And they walk to the front entrance of her bar. It's raining outside. But he doesn't go in. And he says, I can't. And, and goes he, away. He leaves. Meanwhile. Well, Bob- he doesn't say anything. Yeah. That's what I love about this scene. Because like we just got this whole big thing about Travolta. We Bobby. understand the character bit at this point. Yeah. And so when it's silent, we still get it. Yeah. They don't say a word. He just they, It's all said through action. They walk to her front doorstep, and he's about to go in. He just kind of shakes his head and this walks This movie away. is well shot, and it's it allows for moments like this where... You know, character details and plot beats can be told exclusively through motion and shot design rather than... It could have been better, though. You think so? This is the one thing I did kind of ding it for, was I think it has some pretty shots. Mm -hmm. Some. But then a lot of it's just standard coverage. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of, like, moving shots in this. Mm -hmm. It's very much just, like, static static. wide, static close-up, static medium, pan, tilt, all that stuff. Not a lot of dollies or city cam or things like that. It's it's very it seems very much like we just put on a tripod yeah. for a lot of these shots, and where this movie really explores its shot value mm-hmm. is in its wide shots. There are some really beautiful wide shots in this movie, and mm-hmm. that out exterior raining right outside the girlfriend's apartment is one of them. It's yeah. a really beautiful shot. It's a good scene. Yeah. And okay. Um, and so um, after that. Purse goes home and she finds Bobby crying in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to die alone. I push everyone away from me. Like, why am I so terrible? And she looks in the toilet and she sees that he peed blood yeah. as well, which is, you know, not a good thing to do. Not a good Would thing not to do. Would not recommend. Yeah. Uh, See a doctor if you're yeah. peeing blood. Don't do what Bobby does in this yes, movie. And ignores it. Put off a doctor for like four months. Yeah. So she helps him back. Also, can we talk about how good Travolta is? In that, in that scene. scene, he's really good. In that scene, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Just I got to call it out. He's, yeah, and he's he's not like overdoing it. Mm-hmm. I really think he's doing a great job. Yeah, no that that's the scene where he's really selling like just the heartbreak of like this broken man. Yeah, who's lost everything in his life, tried to get it back, and then his his own worst enemy and his impediment and preventing himself from moving on. Fucking love that shit. He just keeps returning to like the alcohol, the, the easy outs. Fucking love that shit. See, he feels like he can't allow himself to be loved. You said earlier you were at like a five or six. Is that like? I'm like a six. So you're not five or six. You're at a solid six. I'm at a solid six. Okay, you get up there. (laughs) Get up there. Right, let's see if you let's see if you can get me to seven. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, So um, Lawson and Percy. So that's when she helps him get to the bed, and then it's just Lawson and Percy alone. She's really cold, and she's like, "Hey, do you got room by the fire?" So they cuddle by the fire. Again, a little bit of like a tension yeah. wink, but and this is when Lawson tells her Bobby's backstory. Yes, and that's Bobby was you know he's a professor um, at Auburn in Alabama, and one day he and Lawson went out drinking, 
And he said, I'm only going to have one beer, and then I'm going to go pick up my son at his Little League game. But one beer turned into two, two beers turned into three. Bobby got a little drunk. Uh, Lawson was sitting there talking with him, and then the dean's son came in and announced that he was sleeping with uh, Lawson's girlfriend and that everyone knew it but but you. Sounds like it's just you know, like some belligerent southern shit. <laughs> right. Um, Bobby got very defensive of Lawson in the moment because he was drunk, started beating up the, uh, the dean's son uh, seemingly aggressively. He also got a permanent scar from it uh, and a broken jawbone. Uh, which yeah. he's had the whole movie and has added to like his look of like you know just being a town drunkard. We're getting some backstory into that. Yeah. Um. But then because he got into that fight and was drunk, he missed his son picking up his son. And by the time he had gotten there, someone had already run had run his son over because the son was just left alone there. I think was the uh, yeah. Like there was no one there to pick him up, and he got run over. Yeah. Well, he said it was a double header. And so when the game was over, like everyone left, scrammed out. Yeah. And he said, like, you know, it's really dark out there, the roads. It's like he was such a little kid. Like, he was no trying one, to walk back. He was trying to walk back because nobody could there. see him. And then that's when he, and you know. And Bobby's wife told him to get out and never wanted to see him again. Needs a better man. Yeah, and that's who she he was talking to earlier, who he hung up the phone with. Yeah. He hasn't been able to reconcile that yet. And he and, he and Lawson moved to New Orleans to try and find a better life for themselves, to try right. and, like, rebuild himself. But he keeps getting in his own way. This is where, like, I if this fills in a lot of the gaps for Bobby. Yeah, it's a good storytelling. How would you feel about what's the actor's name who plays Lawson again? Uh, Gabriel Mott. Mott. How'd you feel about his performance on this scene? It was, it it did the job. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was exceptional. It wasn't. It wasn't as good as Travolta in the bathroom. Right. But it it's a it was perfectly passable. I got the job. And this thing is because we just got a really good performance from Travolta in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That this, which is supposed to be like gut wrenching scene, yeah, didn't really sell it for me that much. I didn't do it. I thought I, I I agree with what you said. It got the job done, but I just imagine if a better actor was there to deliver the lines, mm-hmm. which I know is kind of a shitty thing to say. Yeah. But you kind of wish you wish Travolta had revealed this information in the bathroom. No, I just wish he was a better actor to, yeah. to reveal the information. I don't think it would have been Bobby who would have given off that information willingly. Mm. That sh- that shows Bobby in a very bad light yeah. already. Not that he has like the pride to admit anything, but at the same time, like that's not a Bobby story yeah. to say. That's definitely Lawson. Lawson needs to tell that story. But I, I, you know, yeah, I, I don't think it was very well. So performed. now that like the air's been cleared Matt out. Damon, <laughs> I don't know, just now, like now, throwing names now, out. Now that the air's been cleared, like they're they all stay in the same house. Yeah, uh, Lawson doesn't leave. Bobby is kind of getting a little better with himself. They convince him he needs to go see a doctor, but he says, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." Yeah. Then we get another time jump. I think. Um, where was because we, we jumped to the spring. Uh, yeah, I think so. We jumped to the well. Sp- well we got Christmas Day yeah. where they uh, have a bunch of people over and they cook dinner. Yeah, because Bobby wakes up, he walks out of the living room and sees Dawson and uh, Lawson and Percy sleeping right next yeah. to each other. Next, they to the didn't fireplace. sleep together. They just slept together. Yeah, they just they napped. Yeah, they napped. Together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and then they have like a, a whole Christmas uh, brouhaha. With all the all of the, all of our friends, we've all met of our friends movie. we've met, um, and then we get a time jump. Leo narration 
and that's what I wrote down. I'm just now realizing Lawson is the narrator. Yeah. And we're about 70% done with the movie, yeah. kind of. Um, I would say if this ever to feel long to somebody, this might be the moment. Yeah. It didn't for me. I was totally on board. Mm-hmm. I know, but I can understand for some people why it might feel long. Yeah. Uh, so they have, uh, so Bobby's still peeing blood. Yeah, yes. He doesn't want to see a doctor. Uh, eventually he caves and goes. Yeah, they convince, uh, Lawson takes him to the doctor. Yeah. And when Lawson comes back, Percy's all dressed up. Yeah. She's going out on a date. Yep. Going out on a date. It's in her mother's dress. Yes. She's become, she's finally like reconciling her their relationship with her mother with who her mother was. Yeah. And willing to accept that into her life. Do you love that shit? I kind of like that shit. Yeah, he likes that shit. Kind of like that shit. Um, Whoo. And so, right. so Bobby's still at the hospital for test. Um, she but, goes on the date. Yeah. She's goes to a music venue. And when she, she watches this band play, with and this a saxophone player comes over and a saxophone player comes over he's like you were lorraine's kid yeah yeah she's like yeah and he, he's like oh, oh i remember was... you when you were a kid you used to sit on that stool she used to put the on that stool over there when she performed my job was to keep you full of shirley yeah. temples and earlier in the movie she had told bobby that she didn't know her mother at all so she made up stories about her mom yeah and one of them was that her mom brought her to her venues and put her there and someone would give her shirley temples and that's when she's like Oh, oh, that was that actually happened. My mom did care for me around this time. Yeah, big reveal. Bah, bah, bah. Whoa! But then there's also a little bit of a side eye given with the sax player guy. Yeah, because wasn't there? There was some exposition earlier in the movie where like her dad was like a traveling sax player. Yeah, and we see this guy. Yeah, and we're like, is in like the age father? range. It's a, it's a red herring for us. It is, and I, I'm writing down like oh. we never see the sax player again. No, we do, but he's not important. Yeah. Because he goes through graduation, I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay. So then we're in the hospital. Uh, Lawson picks up Bobby, and he's like, what's wrong? So he's like, oh, nothing major. Just got a minor kidney infection and some toe fungus. Yeah. So um, he's like, going to live. Yeah. But what if I wasn't? Yeah. And that's when, this is. I don't know if this was just like handing, out, handing it over fist a little too strongly. Yeah. Or if it was genuine in the sense of like, Maybe he re- he really isn't that sick. Yeah. Maybe and he's just like being Bobby and being yeah. dramatic, you know? Or maybe he is that sick and he's dying. Mm. Oh, he's dying. You think so? I mean, he he, he dies. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah but he movie. dies he dies 2 years later though. Yeah, but I mean, I think it, I think it's inferring that this is the beginning of cancer or something serious like that. Yeah, they never really make it concrete though. Mhm. So, I don't know. Uh so this is when Bobby's sort of like mentioning it to Lawson that like he yeah. seemed really close with Percy. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, I saw you two sleeping next to each other in the fireplace. He's like, nah, mm-hmm. nah, that ain't, that ain't for me. That ain't it. That ain't it. We're just friends. And now we're in springtime. Uh, Bobby and D- Lawson are sitting out by the porch. We get another Robert Frost reference. Yeah. They, they throw another Robert Frost quote at us. Again, this movie is just one big fucking Robert Frost yeah. <laughs> poem. Yeah. I love that shit. Mm. Love that shit. Uh, Percy's Percy shows up at the house, and who also was there? Jeff, her, uh, her boyfriend. boyfriend from the beginning of the boyfriend movie. From the beginning of the movie, who only has this one scene. It's so strange. It is. He weird. shows up and is like, "Hey, you know, you got this letter in the mail," and gives her a letter, and then he's like, 
yeah, you miss me yet? And then he leaves and we never see him again. Yeah, well, yeah. And he's, he says like a one, it, it's kind of like, this is like her litmus test to see like if she's grown at all as a yeah. person, which surprise she has. Cause he's like, you, yeah, yeah, I've been a better, I'm a better person. I've changed all that stuff. You, she kicks I, him out. I feel like you, we could make things work again. He's like, and she's like, no, I want you to get out. It's like, you know, a flower is still a weed or whatever. And yeah. then she kicks him out. Mm-hmm. But that's when we get revealing information that like, turns out the house wasn't left to all three of them. Surprise. Only left to her. It's only left to her. And they had kept that from her because they wanted to stay there. Yeah. So, um, She's always been the sole owner. They lied to her and she kicks them out. She yeah. locks the doors and per, uh, locks the gates. Lawson and Bobby show up and the doors are locked mm. and they're like, they're trying to like think of ways to like confront her and mm. like talk to her about it. But they're camping outside her house and that's when a van shows up and they're thinking like, is she going to school or something? Yeah. And it's a realtor and she gets out and the house is for sale. House is for sale try and win her back they, they paint the house they get the whole community again they paint the house yeah they, they i was a bobby and company painting the house yeah uh, but she doesn't budge she just <laughs> and says Scarger says some stone cold shit but she <laughs> she's says, just like, like it'll increase the value thanks yeah, and then walks in <laughs> stone cold love it so then it's percy and the neighbor yeah neighbor from the beginning who's been in this movie a lot are packing up the house yeah Again, like, I understand why it'd be very clear, cut, easy, obvious for Bobby to be the dad. Yeah. But it's just like this neighbor guy is just, yeah. I don't know. A little too much of him. A little too much of him. You know, yeah. what's his role? Yeah, what's, what's this Jamoke? <laughs> so, um, but she finds a box with her mom's belongings, which this is like kind of one thing I had a yeah. bit of an issue with. They're right there in the closet. Yeah, they've been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they've been covered by anything. Yeah. She just didn't open her closet. Yeah, she opens up the closet after a year of being there or whatever. And she finds boxes with of letters. Of letters. That her mom's like, I wrote these to you, but I was too afraid to mail them because I know we had a fractured relationship. I want you to read them now after my death. <laughs> convenient. <laughs> what a convenient development. Yeah. Glad that was there. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of it, it's like, your father was Bobby Long. Long. Da, da, da. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that, that wasn't forecast or anything. <laughs> Hasn't been forecast for this movie. Oh, shit. So, yeah, she finds out Bobby's her father. Yeah. And he didn't know. Yeah. And so she finds him down by the creek. Um, <laughs> where he's, wow. You just pull that one out didn't you what down by the crick yeah <laughs> she finds it down by the crick um oh, shit. he's sitting around he's like staring at the water cont- well, this contemplating weird, his mortality this is a weird he says the line send shivers of mortality down my spine <laughs> this was a weird like j cut because she's like reading this letter yeah and she's like you know her eyes are wide open she's like think her whole world's been shattered and then all we hear next is John Travolta singing. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wh- where is this coming from? Why Why is Travolta singing? And he then it flies Jay- in through the window. <laughs> and then Jay- I've been your father the whole time. I'm the spirit of the Christmas future. <laughs> oh, there's the Jess Sweetie we know and love. <laughs> so it, it Jay cuts to him singing by the crick. Yeah. 
What if it? What if he had actually unfurled his wings and it revealed this is secretly a secret a sequel to Michael? And he's once again an angel <laughs> sent to Earth to stop, change. Stop it! To change someone's stop. life. Stop. We already talked about the sequel to Michael. It'd be, it'd be Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them. <laughs> it's the it's like the whole alien scene where the Marines are going through the basement of this colony and they see like oh, the motion sensor is triggering. There's two of them. Like fifty Travolta's where the angels are coming. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cover up with wigs and they cocoon them and they turn them into Michaels. <laughs> Shoot him, it's already too late. He's been turned. <laughs> battle, battle. <laughs> That's the sequel to Michaels. Make a sequel to Michael challenge. <laughs> uh, all right, so first thing she says is criticizes drinking because yes. he's drinking by the crick. And he's like, well, I, should, we should all, you know, you let me back in the house and we can all be like a family. And she's like, well, believe it or not, we're already like, like a family because oh. we are. And then the Price is Right theme plays. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Springer can't comes out. of the, He emerges from the bog. <laughs> he's like, did you know that? <laughs> Bunch of camera crew runs yeah. out. <laughs> Full sprint. We connected the family back together. <laughs> this is tremendous. It's fabulous. So, like, <laughs> I know, like, yeah, the, the beginning of this scene is a bit, like, melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Are you the daddy? Yes! <laughs> and it's, like, yeah, a little bit Jerry Springer-esque, where, yeah. like, she comes out, and he, he says, like, the convenient screenwriting line, Well, it's like we're already family. <laughs> and she's like, well, we are family, because I'm your daughter. Whoa! But, like, then after that little goofiness yeah. gets over. Okay. Queen pause for a second. Sure. You haven't done the hair ranking yet. We'll do it at the end. And we want to do it again? Okay. I mean, I can do it. No, now. we can do it at the end. We can do it yeah. at the end. Um after that little goofy interchange. Let's know he he's only got one scene left. So. We'll talk about the end. Yeah. Uh so they have a conversation out by the the the, the water. Yeah. There's a beautiful wide shot mm-hmm. of them. Uh, as you said to me when I was watching that scene, you said, you see that beautiful wide shot? I love that wide shot. It's, it's great. A good, it's a good shot. We only get a little bit of it. They don't yeah. cut back to it. They, it shows at the beginning of their second half of their yeah. conversation about it's all It's all spice. They sprinkle it in there. Yeah, they sprinkle it in there. And then it cuts back to, you know, boring, st- static close-ups and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it doesn't really rely on the shots, though, because both actors, Travolta and Johansson, are really pulling their weight in yeah. the scene. Because... She talks about like, you know, like I just, I've been, ma- I've been thinking, I've been making up memories about my mom, but it turns out like I have they're some true. real, they're true memories it's of true. her. And she's like, all you, of it. Do you, I'm trying to have a moment here, Jeff. And he's like, do you promise? It's like, you'll tell me every little detail about her. It's like, I promise I'll tell you everything about your mother. And it's like, mm. and they'll tell you everything about, I knew about you when you were a little kid. And they make this little promise to each other and they have a great big hug and it's such a great moment. Mm. Johansson's doing great. It's like, I didn't want to sell the house. I was just mad at you. And he's mm. like, oh, it's okay, baby. It's okay. And she is both simultaneously reconciled with her father while also reconciling with the memory of her mother. Fucking love that shit. Mm. Fucking love that shit. Fucking love the shit. And love so- that shit. It's good shit. Good uh, shit. It is good shit. I love it. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> There's two scenes left of the movie. I got five on. <laughs> Wait, Stuart is stand. He, oh my god, a whole show tunes group is coming in the room. Why? <laughs> what? I was gonna say you were. They were having the whole 
Yeah, never mind. I thought you were gonna roll it. It's yes and not no and. Okay. So the she graduates high school. You gotta do the boom. Yeah, DJ Bobby Long. <laughs> okay, so Bobby and Lawson are okay. back in the house. And they're getting yes. dressed up for something. Yes. Let's finish this up. Um, they're going to her graduation. Yes. They walk out of the house and they see the neighbor and the sax player. Yeah. It's a, it's like the end of Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> like there's the dad and there's the two other guys. Yes. But and Stellan Skarsgård. It's actually there. a really good example, Jeff. Yeah. No, it's, it's it actually is, it is literally like the end of Mamma yeah, Mia. There's three the potential dads and only one of them's the winner. God, this movie really is just kind of Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they throw a party. And what the love song for Mamma Mia was actually just ABBA. I mean, the love song for Bobby Long was just like Chiquitita or something. So Bobby gives a speech, and he gives this like poetic speech about how much um, Percy has grown, and he says like right away, it's like I'm congratulating my daughter, yeah, and just how he's very proud of her. She's going yeah. to college, and University like, of North Carolina. No, she's going close. She's going to University of New Orleans. Oh, okay, okay. Um. So she's like, now come on up here and get, let's do a good Alabama shuffle. Mm-hmm. By the way, before this, like Travolta's like toe is getting worse. Yeah. Like they subliminally plant those. Yeah. Images His toe's there. getting worse and like he's, he's still like, peeing blood. Yeah. And he's limping a lot. Yeah. And so they do like they have a little Alabama shuffle. Uh, the house. And Beautiful then, wide shot of yeah. them and dancing in front of the sunset. Yeah. I forgot to write that down, but yeah, you're right. Mm. There's a beautiful, it's very reminiscent of shout. Yeah. You know, you make me want to shop. Got it. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, there, it, that whole thing ends with a beautiful sunset shot of them dancing yeah. on this ridge. And then we have voiceover narration, yeah. another time jump. Uh, we see the inside of the house. It's fully decorated, all yeah. cleaned up. Like their lives. Yeah, like their lives. And then the, uh, pan- the camera tilts down and we see a sign on a little straw hat. Yeah. Like from the beginning of the movie. It says, gone fishing. Gone fishing. And we see her packing up her he universe. Didn't go, he didn't go fishing. Shut up, Jeff. Let me finish this movie. <laughs> he went fishing six feet under. Ah, oh, God damn it. Uh, she's packing up your University of New Orleans like yeah. book bag. Shows up weird. I love how this movie fits us like every little. It really it, ties it, it up ties with a bow. It ties everything with up. With a bow. With a bow. Yeah. So then she starts walking like she's going somewhere and we get the same wide walking shots yeah. from what was in the beginning of the movie with when Bobby we were introduced to Bobby Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was walking through the old town of New Orleans and now we're back in the same wide shots yeah. only it's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Percy. Percy. Love that shit. Um, Lawson. Uh, so then she goes to gravesite. Yeah, and we're getting more narration from Lawson. Yeah, and it's like an excerpt from. Yeah, presumably his book. His book which we kind of like. I because I they had said that he was going to write it about Bobby. Yeah, that was the whole bit. And like a whole the whole thing, it's like you know, as he's saying this voiceover narration, I'm thinking, oh, this is like an excerpt from his book, probably. Like he finished mm-hmm. the book because the movie's tying up everything up. Yeah. And then as she's she visits the gravestone, then a cut camera cuts to one of the gravestones she's next to, which is Lorraine, her mom. Mm-hmm. And then the camera pans left. It's Bobby's grave. And it's Bobby Long. But what, what's the name of the book that she puts there? Well, 
Um, she puts Lawson's she puts book a, down. She puts Lawson's published book down on the ground next to the gravestone, and With the name some of the flowers in it. Some Percy flowers. And the name of the book is A, a Love, Love Song for Bobby Long. Long. And the whole thing is tied together, and she leaves it there at the grave of her mother and her father, reconciled in death. And Lawson comes up and takes her hand. Cut yeah. to black. And they walk away. Skrillex starts playing. That doesn't actually. So, before I go into my overall thoughts, we should do the hair ranking. We should do the hair ranking. Cue the hair ranking music. Welcome to the hair ranking. Um, okay. It looks dyed. It looks tired. <laughs> Don't you agree? Yeah, it does look Don't tired. you agree? It... Okay, this is why you waited until the end of the day. <laughs> you got some beefs you want to throw on here. I have a little bit of beef with his hair. No, I mean, like, it just because his for Travolta's age, he's not old enough for it to be, like, naturally white. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks dyed white. It looks like the end of swordfish hair, it, except a little worse. Well, no, it's not as bad as swordfish hair because swordfish, that's spiky white. Yeah, that's okay. like two thousand spiked. This is yeah. just like we need to make you look old, so we're gonna dye your hair yeah. white. And it's also short, like lucky numbers short, mm-hmm. which is where it's gonna go. It's gonna go below lucky numbers, above look who's talking. Whoa, you already thought this out. So in the short hair chronology, which there's two, there's basic and there's lucky numbers. Those are the two movies that John Travolta has like the buzzed cut hair. Yeah, this is buzzed cut hair, but white. So I'm putting it with the buzzed cut hair, but the bottom. Of the buzz cut hair. So below basic and lucky numbers. Below lucky numbers, above look who's talking. Okay, okay. Because you said, you I'm, said that. I'm putting it above look who's talking because it is something different. Like it does work for the character because he is supposed to like, even though he's probably not that old, he just looks really old because he's so grizzled. Mm-hmm. It accomplishes that. It does. I love some for Robbie Long has been added to the hair ranking. Yeah. All right. Overall thoughts. Um, and then we'll get to post text. Yeah. I didn't cry when I watched this movie, but I did love it. Yeah. I love this movie. I was it had my name written all over it. This mm-hmm. is definitely a Stuart Elmore movie. This is movie. a Stuart movie. Just like if, if you guys want to know what my type of movie is, watch a love song for Bobby <laughs> Long. Because like when I in my own work, in my own films that I've written and directed, family is a central theme that I tend mm-hmm. to like focus on a lot. Yeah. So whenever any movie kind of has that, whether it's in its main theme or of in its sub theme, whichever way, this happens to be in its main theme. Uh, so fa- hook, fam- line, and sinker. So family is your favorite topic in a movie. I got a question. <laughs> what are your nope. thoughts on <laughs> nope, nope, all nine nope. Fast and Furious <laughs> films? <laughs> uh, Specifically, uh, how do you feel about the Fast and the Furious? The fact that Vin Diesel hasn't won an Oscar. How do you yet feel about Too Fast, Too Furious? I'm not. How doing... do you feel about the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? All right. So how do you feel about I... Fast and Furious? Just get. Uh, how do you feel get about over. Fast Five? Get it over with. Just... How do you feel about Fast and Furious Six? How do you feel about Furious 7? How do you feel about The Fate of the Furious? How do you feel about F9, The Fast Saga? Cool, we done? How do you feel about Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw? All right, are, are we done? What are your thoughts? If you like family, what do you think about The Family? La Familia. I mean, that those you are You can just, have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. I think Fast 5 is probably where it peaked. Mm-hmm. And then Furious 7 is the best. No, nah, I think Fast 5 is the best. I mean, Fast Five does have them pulling the the giant safe uh, safe through Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But Fury 7 does have Vin Diesel stomping and destroying a parking structure. That's They're coming to arrest me right now for that <laughs> divergence I just brought us on. Okay, so anyway, um, I I give this a 9.5 out of 10. Not, that's insane. That's crazy. I mean, I love that for you. I really like this movie. Mm. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but I don't always judge movies on the rewatchability. Mm. So, That's beautiful. I love that. But yeah, those are my thoughts. I on... love that this movie did that for you. That That's why I think movies are so cool. Because, like, this thing that I was, that I'm fairly dismissive of had an emotional impact on you. Yeah. And that's just the beauty of it, that everyone has their own emotional impact with movies. And that's something that we're discovering with John Travolta movies, is, like, everyone affects us differently. Some cause craziness, some cause love, the whole variety. And, you know, I I believed all the performances. Mm -hmm. I thought... You know, I was really, you know it, Jeff. I was in a real tough spot after Battlefield Earth yes, with Travolta. Very much I was so. not happy with him. And I wanted to believe in this guy. This movie had made me, like, believe in... This movie made you believe again. It made me believe in a hope. Mm-hmm. An a hope. A, a new hope. Just a hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, with Johansson adding into it... and Scarjo. When, when Scarlet and Travolta are you know, going at it, you know, band having a good acting dialogue. Like they're both just top of the line actors that it really worked and sold for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, for me, the, this, this stays around as like a, uh, a six out of 10 for me. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, well-made, well-acted. Um, that's really all I have in terms of final thoughts. I'm like I said, my final thought is that I'm just very happy that this movie worked for you. Yeah. And I get it. It may not be like your type of movie. Yeah. So it might be too earnest. Too earnest? Yeah. That seems like a burn. No, I don't think it's a burn. I love earnesting. Sure. My favorite superhero movie is Spider Man 2. The mo- it's very- okay. Can we talk about Spider Man 2 real quick? I'm Re- we're gonna we're really quick. This is gonna be short. We're gonna talk. We talked about Spider Man Two a lot last week on the Punisher we the, episode. Should we do the post text? Yeah, the post text is this movie came out and made no money. <laughs> so because we don't know what its budget was. No, we do not. It made one point eight million. Yeah, it made no money. It was released for the uh, the Oscar qualifying run. Didn't get anything except for the one point eight million. The one Golden Globe nom. Yeah. This movie definitely costs more than one point eight million. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking it's got to cost at what would you guess? Like at yeah. least what? 30 yeah i i think this Maybe 20 this could have been a 20 this could have been a 20 that would have been i mean if they're running out of money it's definitely a low budget movie that's true i can i can say maybe 20 25 maybe 20 to 30 I mean, it could not be any lower than that though yeah. could not be any lower than 20 mm-hmm. i mean with travolta and johansson yeah <laughs> alone yeah alone it's gonna be a 20 million dollar movie but you know it, fuck that means i lost a lot every week we've been bringing up the one and only Roger Ebert, because he usually has like you know a quote about every movie we're talking because this was his heyday. And for this, that's movie, something we should talk about though. Continue with your thoughts, but what I looked at a lot of the critical perception of this, and I do have some thoughts, but yeah, what did Roger Ebert think about? This? He said, uh, "What can be said is that the three actors inhabit this material with ease and gratitude. It is good to act on a simmer sometimes instead of a fast boil. It's unusual to find an American movie that takes its time. It's remarkable to listen to dialogue that assumes the audience is well read." It's refreshing to hear literate conversation. These are modest pleasures, but real enough. And that's exactly my thoughts on this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a modest pleasure. It's real enough. I appreciate the effort. It's well made. Six out of 10. Yeah. 
It checked all the boxes mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Nine and a half. So the- Maybe a nine. Mm. No, no, I will say nine and a half. Yeah. It's almost it's almost perfect for me. Mm-hmm. It's almost perfect. Almost perfect. I mean, perfect was a very different movie, but I, I, I get what you're getting at. Yeah, it was a very different movie. I mean, this this felt like kind of like almost his like a quasi perfect like film. Or mm-hmm. if you're coming out after Blowout, which was a good movie, but it was horribly presented yeah. to the audience, this kind of felt. And we're talking about Battlefield Earth. This is like a great small, low budget redemption project, I yeah. think, for him. That which didn't quite work. Which didn't just again kind but of suffers the fate of. I think this movie could have helped him if people had seen it, but no one saw it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make that declaration today. Watch a love song for Bobby Long. Mm-hmm. And I don't really say that that often on Travolting episodes, mostly because a lot of these movies people have seen before. Mm. And if you haven't seen it before, it's probably for good reason. This is a movie that is very hard to find. Like, I don't know if you can rent it anywhere. You really Mm -hmm. just have to buy it on Blu-ray. But if you ever manage to get your hands on it, just give it a chance. Give it a shot. Give it a chance. I think, I, I don't think you'll walk away disappointed. I think you'll either walk away mesmerized or just pleasantly okay with it pleasantly surprised i think you'll be pleasantly surprised yeah so i i give it give it a thumbs up for that oh yeah all right do we want to talk about spider-man 2 before we close this out yeah so i really all i want to say about spider-man 2 is that it's a movie and mary jane watson is in a play called the importance of being earnest in spider-man 2 and the theme of spider-man 2 is the importance of being earnest and that's all i want to say cool great um yeah, it's the uh, best Spider-Man movie ever been made. The best Spider-Man movie until this new one comes out, which yeah. I don't think it's going to top it. No, there's no way this new one is as good as Spider-Man Two. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, you haven't that you we said our final thoughts. Um, thank you, folks, for listening to this episode on a love song for Bobby Long. I thought it was a lovely little discussion we had here. Uh, I'm glad Skewer got to take point and really love this movie. I'm happy for him. Thanks. Um, Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, you can log into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Instagram and Twitter, at TravoltingPod. Email us any comments or questions, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. You can find me on Instagram, at StuartOver95. Um, and as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Nicole Johnson for our social media, and Michael Van Bodegon-Smith for the theme music that's taking you out right now. Next week, folks, we have a special episode for you guys. We will not be covering a movie. Uh, our next movie will be in two weeks, Ladder 49. Uh, but next week, we'll be having a very special episode for you, a very travolting Christmas. Mm. Uh, look forward to that one, folks. There's going to be fun surprises for the whole family. Uh, it's going to be great. We're going to be covering a music video and his Capital One Santa Claus commercial. <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, have great. a great week. See you next week. Ho, ho, ho. Bye. Bye.